You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So let's just pray this morning. Father, we thank you, we bless you. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for the ministry of your word. I thank you for the power of your spirit. And I thank you for your glory that is in your house. My Lord and my God, let everyone under the sound of my voice experience your presence. Experience your touch. Oh Lord, my God, experience wholeness, healing. Oh my God, and health is the children's bread. Administer healing to everyone in need right now. Emotional healing. Lord God, healing. Healing from trauma. Traumatic experiences. Healing from those memories. My God, that have haunted your people. Healing, oh Father God, from those fractured dreams and images and imaginations of conspiracy that have followed your people, conspired against their destiny. Let it be broken tonight. Free your people. Liberate your people. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you want to be made whole? Ask your neighbor. Neighbor, do you want to be made whole? Soul healing, soul health, and soul wholeness is your covenant right. Amen. Yes, Jesus is Lord. Turn with me to John chapter 5, and I read from verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now there was a certain man there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. <laughs> It's okay to heal on a Sabbath. Amen. It's okay to take up your bed, to rise up, take up your bed and go on a Sabbath day. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Lord of the Sabbath himself said it. Amen. All right. Yeah. So uh, we bless God for Jesus. Now this speaks of a physical condition and we've been saying that this also this also can apply to uh, soul conditions, okay? It can apply to the state, the condition of some people in their souls, even in their spirits. It can apply to a physical condition, but it can apply to a soul condition. There are some people who are sick in their souls. There are people who are sick in their minds, and I have news for you, Jesus, the great physician, Amen. has the answer to every condition. Hallelujah. To every condition that has come in as a result of sin. If it is not in heaven, it should not be in your life. Amen. If it's not in heaven, it should not be in your heart. If it's not in heaven, it should not be in your mind. If it's not in heaven, it should not be in your home. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So that's the attitude, that's the mindset you need to carry all the time. You need to begin to aggressively, okay, aggressively apply the Word of God. Stop waiting for things to just drop from heaven to you. You reach out and grab whatever it is. Reach out like the woman with the issue of blood. This woman was, was sick for 12 years. 12 years. Can you imagine someone bleeding for 12 years? A flow of blood for 12 years. My goodness. Talk about anemia. I, don't, I can't even imagine it. I can't even picture it. But this woman... When she heard about Jesus, she said, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch it, I don't need anyone to lay hands on me. I don't need anyone to pray for me. I just want to touch him myself. Can you see? That's the kind of attitude we need to have. She didn't wait for Jesus to call her. She didn't wait for Jesus to invite her. She didn't wait for any invitation. Because according to the law, she was not supposed to be in a public gathering. She was supposed to be screaming, unclean, unclean, unclean. So that everybody will run away from her. Because each one that came in contact with her was immediately declared unclean. So she did not allow that condition to paralyze her in her mind. She did not allow her state of, her, her, her condition physically to affect her mind. She did not allow her physical sickness to lead to mental illness. Do you get me? Yeah, so even though physically her condition was deplorable, her condition could not, could, there was no solution. She has spent all her living. The doctors tried their best, but medical science could not help her. But she still had hope. She still had faith. Come on. She still had hope and she still had faith. I don't care how low you are. I don't care how hopeless the situation is. If you can still have faith, I'm telling you, you can experience God. You can reach out by faith and touch Him. Take hold of Him by faith. So this woman purposed in her heart. She purposed in her heart. If only I touch the hem of his garment. If only I can touch the hem of his garment. Look at what he says in Mark chapter 5 verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Glory to God. So you don't need anyone to come and lay hands on you. Although there is a place for laying on of hands. You don't need anyone to pray for you. Although there is a place for prayer. Are you getting me? Even if the doctor says it's impossible. I'm telling you it's possible. With God all things are possible. Glory to God. And I want to declare that it, this house shall be known as a place of wholeness. This house shall be known as a place of health. This place shall be a, known as a place of soundness. Soundness of mind. Soundness of body. A place of miracles. Hallelujah. We shall be known. Because it says, I and the children that the Lord has given to me are for signs and wonders. You will be a sign and a wonder wherever you go. There is something coming upon you. It's the hand of God that is coming upon you to make the impossible possible. Hallelujah. You'll be a living testimony, a walking miracle, a living wonder. Hallelujah. And like, like, like my mom said to me when I was small, and she looked me in the eye, she said, Eric, you are a miracle. That's what is going to be said about you. People will look at you, and they will say, you are a miracle. They will look in your eyes, and they will declare, you are a living miracle. Hallelujah. They will look at your life, and they will be inspired. People that have stopped believing will look at you and start believing again. They will start having faith again in God. 
They will start trusting again. Those that have stopped trusting will start trusting again. Because they see, they've seen the impossible in your life. And then they've seen how things change. They've seen how God has transformed your life. They've seen how things were hopeless. And all of a sudden, they get inspired by your life. Telling you, but we need to rise up. Take up our bed. Hallelujah. That bed that carried you, you now carry it. <laughs> Hallelujah. That which, I don't know what emotional crutches you've been using, it's time to take up your crutch and say, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to know that wholeness is real. And it can be yours right now. If you believe God, if you trust God, He will do it for you. Amen. Amen. The same Jesus who told this man to rise up, even though the man had no faith, He rose up and He got healed. It's the same Jesus that the woman with the issue of blood, she had faith. In that case, faith was mentioned. In, in, in John chapter 5, no faith mentioned. You see, both of them received from Jesus. So even if you don't have faith, just come to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you don't have faith, come to where Jesus is. And hear Jesus. Listen to him talk. Listen to Jesus talk. Because when Jesus starts talking, faith starts entering into you. He says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Life will come into you. Life will come into every dead area in your body. Hallelujah. Life will come into your organs. When Jesus speaks, your organs obey. When Jesus speaks, your blood pressure begins to obey. When Jesus speaks, hallelujah. Inflammation in your body begins to obey. Hallelujah. When Jesus speaks, barrenness in your body begins to become healed and whole. Hallelujah. Come on. When Jesus speaks, your mind, even if they say you are retarded mentally, I'm telling you, when Jesus speaks, come on, your mind will obey. Your mind will obey. When Jesus speaks, things happen. Things happen. So even if you don't have faith, don't worry. Just go to where Jesus is. Just go to where Jesus is speaking. Just go to where the word of Jesus is. And you will get the faith for your miracle. Hallelujah. I want you to know. I want you to know that Jesus is alive and well. Says yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same. If he did it in Bible days, he will do it in your day. Hallelujah. If he did it for the woman with the issue of blood, he'll do it for you. If he did it for this paralytic man, he'll do it for you. And it doesn't matter whether it is visible or invisible. Glory to God. The power of Jesus locates things even in the nano level come on conditions in the nano level even if there are viruses that cannot be detected i'm telling you viruses obey jesus they obey jesus there is power in the word of god so i'm so convinced 150 percent convinced that Jesus is doing something in our midst, in our lives, in our hearts, preparing us for a mighty move that is about to hit this land. Glory to God. There is a visitation of the Lord that is coming to this nation. 
God's nation is going to shake under the glory of God. It's going to shake under the power of God. But he needs people who are whole. He needs people who are healed. People who are sound. So that they can go out to bring in the harvest. Hallelujah. So that they can go out and spread the power of God. And heal the nation. Take the healing power of God to our communities. To our wounded communities. To our battered communities. To bring wholeness. There's going to be healing in this land like you've never seen before. You know what the Lord told me? The Lord told me years ago that the days of John G. Lake will be like child play in our day. I'm telling you. So let's get ready. Okay, That's why don't allow your situation to distract you from what God is preparing you for. Okay? The enemy has fought us many years, but we're still standing. He has fought you for many years, but you are still standing. If he had the power to destroy you, why didn't he? But he doesn't. Glory to God. He doesn't. He cannot destroy you. He cannot devour you. Unless you volunteer. Amen. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of a story. This happened years ago in New York. And this, this, this man of God, very, he's, he's very tall, you know, like Zacchaeus. <laughs> he's, he's as tall as Zacchaeus. And so he is walking this street in New York. That was notorious. It was ruled by gangsters. All right? And he's just walking, and he doesn't know, he doesn't know about what is going on in that, um, on that street. So there's this <coughs> notorious gangster. And this gangster, normally when he comes on the street, nobody, he doesn't share the street with anyone. So when he gets on the street, everybody just runs away because you are not allowed to share the street with him. And this guy is walking. This man of God is walking, you know, very tall like this, you know. <laughs> as tall as Zacchaeus. <laughs> He's walking. And then he says, all of a sudden, everybody runs off the street. And he's looking and like he's alone. On the street, and he's walking, and there's this guy coming towards him. Tall, huge guy. Tall, huge guy. And the guy is coming, and he's going towards the guy. And in the guy's mind, he's saying, who is this guy? What gives him the audacity to still be on the street with me? And he is in his mind thinking of what he's going to do to this man. And when he gets there to this guy, he says, he looks at him, he's looking down at him, and he says, I'm going to blow your brains off. And he's holding a gun. And this man looks up at him, and he says, you can do nothing. He says, he says, your father has to take permission from my father before you can do anything to me. And this guy says, do you know my father? You know? He says, you know my father? He says, yes, your father the devil. And this guy broke down and started crying. He broke down and started crying. This was a wounded soul. It's a wounded soul that has been harassing the community. A fatherless man who is longing for the affirmation of a father. So when that man said, your father has to take permission from my father, it caught his heart. And this guy knelt down and says, please pray for me. 
And that's how that man got saved. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you many times, when we see people behave somehow, it is the state of the soul. The enemy capitalizes on the state of the soul. <clears throat> so my prayer is that God, <coughs> excuse me, God will do a work in our nation. Heal the soul of this nation. To heal the soul and, and transform this nation. And I believe that the trauma this nation has gone through, the blood of Jesus, is powerful enough to bring healing. Amen. Amen. To bring healing. To bring restoration. To bring wholeness. So that we can now enter into the destiny. The, the, the prophetic destiny that God has for this nation. There's a destiny that is hanging on this nation. But God is waiting for things to happen in the soul. Because if not, we will mishandle the power. We will mishandle the glory. And that's why we need to pray, continue to pray for the healing of the land. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, um, last week we were talking about the, the mind of Christ. We were, talk, we were talking about the, um, the importance of you as a spiritual man judging all things. Remember? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 15 says, He who is spiritual judges all things. Okay? Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. And one of the things I said to you is that you need to develop the, the, the ability to judge things. Things you hear, things you see. Okay? You need to judge them. I'm not saying judge people. No. Judge things, not people. Judge things, not people. Because sometimes religion makes us to think that, that uh, oh, Jesus says, judge not. So, judge not. But you need to put what Jesus said in context. Put what Jesus said in context. So, whatever it is you see, whatever it is you hear, learn to judge it. The information that is coming, especially from the media, and from other sources, whether it's mainstream or social or even in communities, even things tradition is saying to us, things that culture is saying to us, we need to judge them. Judge them. You need to use the scriptures to judge what you have been told. Hmm? Imagine a Christian saying that uh, um, this, is, this is like Oh, well, if you, if you wake up and um, at night you, 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 you hear a sound outside, so that means that uh, they, they are after you. <laughs> so you need to go, you need to cross the door uh, uh, in a particular way, and you need to face a particular direction and say certain things, then you'll be fine. Or they say, if you, you know, if you are oppressed by devils, just take some salt. Come on. Yeah. And then just sprinkle the salt. Yeah. Sprinkle the salt and then the demons won't, they won't be able to come. Come on, judge things. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't care if it's your grandfather that told you or your great-grandfather. Judge it. Judge it. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Or they say, well, if you are being oppressed at night, take a cross. Just put the cross on your, on your door and demons will enter. Hello. Please judge that. The, the cross on your door and the cross in your heart are not the same. Okay? Hanging a crucifix around your neck and carrying your cross to follow Jesus daily are not the same. <laughs> okay? So learn to judge things. Learn to judge things or else you'll be introduced to things that will harm your soul and then make you vulnerable to the enemy. You don't want to be vulnerable to the devil. You don't want to be an easy target to the devil. Okay? So judge things. When they tell you that, you ask them, show me chapter and verse. Because some of them are in the book of Hesitations, chapter 5, <laughs> verse 20. You know that scripture, right? <laughs> yeah. So, learn to judge things. The Amplify says, but the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things. He questions things. He examines things. And applies what the Holy Spirit reveals. Hallelujah. So there is what the Holy Spirit reveals about that situation. Do you, do you listen to the Holy Spirit? Or do you listen to the folk tales? Yeah. So I'm sure if we start analyzing and we start questioning everyone here, everyone will have his own interesting... Um, Legend that has been passed from one generation to the other and to the other and to the other. And there are some of those things that, that make us open to demonic oppression. They make us open and easy targets to the enemy. So when you start respecting the devil and respecting, you know, the, 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 the uh, teachings of demons, guess what? You start having faith in them. And when you start having faith in them, they, they weaken your ability to have faith in God. Then they start ruling you because fear comes by hearing. Just like faith comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing as well. And hearing by the word of the devil. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But fear comes by hearing, hearing by the words of the devil. That's why when the devil comes and tells you, you're going to die, I will kill you. If you just listen to it and say, oh, oh my God, what am I going to do now? I'm going to die. The moment you start saying that, you start having faith in what the devil says. Meanwhile, Jesus has already given us the ability to discern. You know, he says, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right? He says, but I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. So uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But you see, the Holy Spirit needs the Word of God in order to communicate with you. How are you going to develop the judgmental faculties without the Word of God? You need the Word of God as a foundation. Okay, the, the foundation, the word that you're taking is what the Holy Spirit will use to help you to judge things. So when you question things, if you don't have the word of God, you don't know what to use to question. All right? It's just like bringing a case before someone who is not a judge, right? Who is not a judge, he doesn't know the law, he doesn't know the constitution, and you bring the case to him and you say he should judge the case. How is he going to do it? He doesn't have the tools. He doesn't have the understanding. He doesn't have the knowledge. So he is just going to walk by emotions and walk by tradition and judge things according to his feelings. Yeah. And he says, oh, I feel this one is guilty. 
I feel this one is innocent. And meanwhile, the person that looks innocent is an expert actor, all right, who is, who is an Oscar winner, but has, has mastered the ability to act and portray innocence. <laughs> then the one that looks guilty does not have the skills that the other one has. So he looks guilty. And you make a judgment on that. <laughs> Can you see how the enemy plays? Plays with our minds. So when you lack the word of God, you lack the ability to accurately question things. To accurately examine things. And then the Holy Spirit has nothing to use. To give you light, illumination. Because it's the entrance of the word that brings light. So if there's no word, there's darkness. And if there's darkness, that's where the enemy rules. He's the prince of darkness. He loves darkness. So that's why he wants our hearts to be darkened. He wants our souls to be darkened. And when he gets our souls to be darkened, you know what? Then he can get us to do his bidding. And that's what he does. Just pause there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll come back here. Ephesians chapter 4. And you'll see here a very interesting um, application of what, what we're talking about. Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus here. And he gives us, we, we, we have a lot to learn from this passage. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says, <clears throat> in verse 7, 17, he says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk in the, uh, as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Okay? Having their understanding darkened. Can you see? Having their understanding darkened right? And being alienated from the life of God. Can you see? So when the understanding is darkened, you are alienated from life. The quality of life you are supposed to be enjoying because your understanding is darkened, you cannot access that life. Okay. And the, 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 the absence of life is the presence of what? Death. Yeah, if there's no life, there's death. All right? So, um, they are alienated from the life of God because of what? Come on, can you see that? Because of what? Because of ignorance that is in them. Because of ignorance that is in them and because of the what? Blindness. Of their hearts. So the enemy majors. That's why I say he majors on your soul more than your physical body. Yeah, because he knows that if that if you once you have light inside, then your body begins to experience the radiance of God. Begins your entire being begins to enjoy the quality of the life of God. The Zoe kind of life. Alright? So look at and verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all on cleanliness with greediness. <laughs> all these things are operations that the enemy has engineered in the souls of men, starting from the deadness of their spirit, and now their souls are dark. Now a dark soul cannot produce life. So when you, there is darkness inside, how is the person going to discern? How is the person going to be able to rightly judge? He that is spiritual judges all things. 
Okay, according to um, 1 Corinthians 2. How do you judge things if you are dark inside? So that's why you need the Word of God. Every day, please, for your benefit, take in the Word of God. I plead with you for the soundness of your mind. Do you know that do you know that uh, there are many things the Word of God says that science is catching up with? <laughs> yeah. Science is catching up. There are certain things God says you should do, but you don't know how it impacts your life. You don't know how it impacts your life physically. You don't know how it impacts your life spiritually. You don't know how it impacts your well-being, your, 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 your mental well-being. Your emotional well-being. I'll give you examples. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. You know that when you rejoice, it, the science agrees that when you are joyful, it is good for you. Yeah, that's why comedians are making money. Why? Well, because they are making people laugh. Imagine Trevor Noah, who he didn't have any clue what he's going to become. Look at what he's earning right now, just because he can make people laugh. And he's rewarded handsomely just for making people laugh. Why? Because when people laugh, their things, they, they feel better. Hallelujah. It affects their, their endorphins. They feel good. The Bible says, laughter doeth good like medicine. A merry heart does good like medicine. But science is just finding out now. Meanwhile, God has said it thousands of years ago. No? But when, a, when, when a, a psychiatrist comes and tells you to be happy, that is good for you, you will believe it. But when God said it, you didn't believe it. Hmm? Interesting. It's like the Bible says, lift up your hands, you know? Do you know that they discovered, they discovered that when you're lift, lifting up your hands, it, it reduces the cortisol levels in your body. Your stress hormones are reduced when your hands, when you are raising your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Raise your hands. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah. But the Bible has told us to do that. What are you talking about? I'm talking about wholeness. If you will follow the word of God, it will do you good. It will do you good. Yeah. The Bible, the Bible tells you to forgive. You know that psychologists are now discovering that if you, if you want to be free, you need to learn to forgive. <laughs> but God has told us a long time ago. But you won't listen to God. Now you go and pay lots of money to be told the same thing that God told you free of charge. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's okay. No condemnation. Turn to your neighbor and say there's no condemnation. <laughs> Hallelujah. If paying money will help you to hear God, that's okay. Yeah? Yes, it's good. Yeah, so there are many things that God tells us to do that are good for us. So when God tells you something, trust the Lord. The Lord will never tell you something. That's why John, 1 John chapter 5, he says that his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. When you start feeling burdened, when God speaks to you, it speaks of the state of your soul. Yeah. It says, 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. 
Okay? And his commandments are not burdensome. They are not burdensome. There's nothing God is telling to you to do that is burdensome. Not one. Not one. But when your soul is not whole, when your soul is sick, the simplest thing feels difficult. Isn't that so? Even when you are physically sick, you know, the simplest things are difficult for you to do. They're difficult. Haven't you, haven't you seen sick people who just to walk straight is a problem? Somebody has to support them. Why? Because they're sick. Walking is not burdensome. <laughs> Walking is not burdensome to someone who is healed, who is whole. But someone who is sick needs assistance. Needs assistance. So when the commandments of God begin to, to appear burdensome, it shows that you need attention. Okay? So be honest to yourself. Why is God's word so burdensome to me? I need help. So go, don't self-medicate. You know, go and seek help. Hallelujah. So how does the Amplifier put it? He says, His commandments and His precepts are not difficult to obey. <laughs> yeah, they're not difficult to obey. There's nothing God tells us to do that He has not already given us the capacity to do. It would be unfair for me to go and tell... Um, tell... Uh, um, so, Jason, Asha, and I tell Asha, go and carry the car and bring it into this auditorium. Come on, it, 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 it will be unfair, right? He doesn't have that capacity. But when God tells you do something, then he has given you the capacity ahead of the instruction. Yeah. But because of the state of our souls, simple things are so difficult. And that's why we need soul health. We need to be healed in our souls. Why is worshiping God a burden? When did worshiping God become a burden? It is to someone whose soul needs attention. Okay? And it's not to bring condemnation on anyone, no. It is to help you to identify your sickness so that you can seek a physician. All right? And the great physician himself wants to attend to your soul. Wants to attend to your soul. Yeah. So, I don't know what it is you're going through, don't allow anything to darken your understanding. All right? Where it is bright, but to you, it's night. Every other person can see that it's, it's daytime. But then when you come out, you're saying, why is it so dark? Now, how many people know that that's, that's an indication of blindness? <laughs> okay? Yeah. Imagine somebody just woke up in the morning and then he can't see anymore. Everywhere just looks dark. And then he says, wow, when is it going to be morning? And they say, hey, my friend, <laughs> the sun is out. Can't you see? He said, no, it looks dark to me. So that's what the enemy does to the hearts of people, to the souls of people. So they see darkness where there is light. And that's why they lose hope. They lose hope and it, it, things become hopeless. Meanwhile, every other person is seeing, wow, with excitement. They're seeing, wow, the future is so bright. I need sunshades. But then that person who is sick inside and whose understanding has been darkened by the enemy is looking and all he's seeing is gloominess. And they cannot rejoice. 
They cannot celebrate. They cannot appreciate the life of God. All they are seeing is death. And then the spirit of death starts hanging around. Starts hanging around. I remember the time I used to be suicidal. You know, as a youth. And I wanted to die. I really, I mean, I really wanted to die. I was afraid of hell because God had used my mother to put some fear of God in me. God bless her darling heart. You know, (laughs) yeah, for putting the fear of God in me. So I knew that I, I shouldn't take my life. So what did I do? I started praying for God to kill me. Can you imagine that? I started praying, God, kill me. As I go to sleep tonight, may I not wake up tomorrow. That was my prayer. And then I stopped talking to people. I will not allow anyone to talk to me. My family thought, what's wrong with him? When they turn and they say, Eric, whatever, I just look and I walk away. I go lock myself in my room. What do you want to eat? I don't want to eat. I don't even answer. I wouldn't answer. Good morning. I, I, I was behaving as if I was deaf. And my mom would look at me, what's wrong? I don't even answer. I just walk away and lock the room, lock the door, and lie down there. I said, God, I told you to kill me. Why am I still awake? Okay, tonight, let this be my last night. I want to wake up in your presence tomorrow. And I continue like that. Because all I was seeing was darkness. The enemy has invaded my mind. Filled my heart with darkness. And I couldn't see the reason for life. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to eat anything. If God doesn't kill me, I will die of starvation. So I refused to eat. Now I'm sitting like that and just lying down, just waiting for death. Waiting for death. And as I'm in that state, I started sensing the presence of the spirit of death. I know what it is like when death is around the corner. Because I started sensing it. I knew. Then I started getting happy. Wow, I'll soon die. I'll soon die. And then it will be over. But tell me, I I mean, I was just a teenager. What problem did I have as a teenager? I didn't have any bills to pay. I didn't have any lack. Can you see I didn't have any lack. Everything I needed was provided for. I didn't have any lack. But where was this darkness coming from? So it's not because of the hardship of life. It's not because of the challenges of life. There was no challenge. But there was a spirit that had invaded and filled my soul. And I said, no. Let's end it. I continued like that for days until there was a prophetic word in the church. And I never told anyone. A prophetess in the church gave a prophetic word to my mom, or rather to the pastor, and they typed that prophecy. And the pastor called my mom and showed her the prophecy. And the prophecy said, Tell Eric to stop what he's doing because his mother cannot take it. She won't be able to take it. She has lost a child and she's not going to lose another one because my, my, my youngest sister had, had, had passed away at the age of, I think, five or so. So she, she said to the pastor, I don't know. I don't know what is going on with him. He's not talking to anybody. He, so I don't even know what is going on. 
he just locks himself up in the room. And then the pastor sent for me. He came, knocked on the door, knock, knock, knock. I didn't answer. My mom started pleading with me, Eric, the pastor wants to see you. There's a prophetic word for you. So I thought that that word was going to be like, you know, God saying, just get ready, it's going to happen or something. (laughs) Yeah. So I went. And when I went and I met the pastor, he showed me the prophetic word. He gave it to me to read. And when I read it, I knew that it had to be God because nobody knew, nobody on earth knew what was going on inside me. And he said to me, my son, what's going on? Talk to me. And I started weeping. I said, I've been asking God to kill me. He says, why would you do that? He said, look at what. Your, your mom won't be able to take it. It's going to, you know. I said, I'm tired. I just want to, I just want to go and be with Jesus. I don't, I don't want to continue in this life. And he's, he pleaded with me. He says, please, don't do it. That was when I knew that God could answer that prayer. Because God would not have stopped me, told them to stop me, if what I was doing would not have led to premature death. Do you get my point? Yeah. Why? Because I started, I could sense the presence of death. I could smell that spirit. I knew exactly. I knew it was close. I knew it was just waiting to grab my soul. So after the pastor spoke to me, I said, okay. I changed my mind. I said, okay, Lord, if I'm going to live again, I want to live for you. Yeah, I'm going to live for you. And you have to give my life a meaning. That was how it broke. Hallelujah. That's how it broke. It broke by a decision that I made to live again. He says, I place before you blessing and curses, life and death. Choose. I chose life that day. And the moment I chose life, the spirit of death was dismissed. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your experience is, but I want you to choose life. Choose life. I know that there is futility. Life without God is hopeless. It's senseless. It doesn't lead anywhere. There are billionaires who have committed suicide kill themselves. I remember years ago, Robert Maxwell, he killed himself on his island, his own island. He committed suicide. That's somebody that had everything money could buy. He used to go to his office in a chopper and he would land on his own building. In central London. But he killed himself on his own island that he bought. So who tells you that money answers everything about life? I know the Bible says money answers all things, but you need to go and see the context why Solomon made that statement. Solomon made that statement as not as a spiritual man. He made it. He made that statement as a man who had really gone down. <laughs> and had fallen. And then some people have worshipped mammon, exalted mammon, money over promises and under delivers. Only Jesus can satisfy. True satisfaction, true fulfillment, true healing. You were created for his presence. 
And that's why you need to go into His presence. Learn to go into His presence. Feed upon His Word. That's where your healing is. That's where your wholeness is. That's where your fulfillment is. When you detach yourself from Him, you open yourself up to other spirits who want to devour your soul. So sometimes the devil will bring all kinds of trauma into our lives so that we go past feeling. We get to a point where we don't feel God anymore. We come to a place where we don't feel love anymore. Even though there's love coming, but you can't feel it. You've gone past feeling. It's time for healing. You want to be healed so that you can start feeling God's presence again. You need to be healed so that you can start feeling God's love again. Amen. I know we don't live by feelings, but there is a place for feelings. Because God gave us emotions. He's an emotional being himself. He's a spirit, he's a spirit but he has emotions. He wants us to be able to feel you know, that scripture in Ephesians 4, they had gone past feeling. They had gotten to a point where their consciences would no more sense conviction. They cannot feel there's anything wrong anymore. Everything they want to do, they just do. It's a, dead, it's a state of deadness where they can't be convicted. The Holy Spirit can't tell you you are wrong anymore. No, no, no. That is not a healthy place. You need to be at a place where you can be convicted. When your conscience can tell you, this is not okay. This is okay. This is not okay. It's important. We need to be healed. If you don't have any sense of right and wrong, you are in a place of death without knowing. It's only a dead body that has no feelings. A body that is healed and, and living has feelings. Anytime there's no feeling, even somebody with paralysis and doesn't have feeling, it's not a normal condition. So in our souls, we need to have feelings again. It's time to feel God again. If there's a place you are where you don't feel anymore, maybe you've been so wounded that you've You've blocked everything. And now you don't feel anymore. I speak healing right now. Lord my God, I release your healing power to every memory that has been blocked. Oh my God, every situation that has gone past feeling right now in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hand, Lord Jesus, and touch your people. Let's rise up on our feet. Come on. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord to help you right now. Yes. Jesus. Jesus. I receive healing. I receive healing. I receive healing. I don't know if you have done something. Okay. Listen to me. If you have done something that you are not proud of. And your memory. Your memory. Every time you remember those things. You are just. Shame comes over you. You need to be healed from that memory. Just tell the Lord, Lord, forgive me. I repent. The way to wholeness, the way to healing is repentance. Repentance. Okay, so just tell the Lord, Lord, I repent. I'm so sorry. I repent for whatever it is. Or maybe it is not you that did it. Maybe somebody did it to you. You need to forgive them. Just tell them, Lord, I forgive this person. It's for your benefit. Whenever the Lord tells you to do something, it's for your benefit. It's not for His benefit. So just take a, just take a moment and, and just talk to the Lord right now. If there's somebody that has done something to you, that has wounded you, and you've been carrying that, now you've become bitter, you've become angry, you've become another person because of what that person did. Please forgive that person. Just tell the person, just tell the Lord, Lord, I bring this person. Call the person's name. Say, Lord, I bring this person before you. I present them before you. 
I, I forgive that person right now. Just tell the Lord. Tell the Lord. Be- bring that person. Use your imagination. Bring that person before you. Use, use your imagination to place that person in front of you right now and talk to the person. I want you to talk to the person. Tell the person, I forgive you. I forgive you for this. And say, and say, and say to yourself, I relinquish my desire for vengeance. I relinquish my right for vengeance for what you've done. Just release that person. Release that person. Thank you, Lord. There's something happening in this place. There's something happening. Forgive them. It's good for you. Forgive them. It's good for you. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to receive God's love. Receive. Ask that the blood of Jesus will cleanse your conscience. Ask that the blood of Jesus will cleanse your heart right now. Apply the blood of Jesus. Ask. Say, Lord, let the blood of Jesus cleanse me right now. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse me. Thank you, Lord. The blood of Jesus. Bring healing. Heal your people. There's a balm in Gilead. Thank you, Lord. I hear there's somebody here. You need to your 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 gripe is with God Himself. You feel that God has failed you. But God is saying to you, I have not failed you. You need to let go of that. Let go of that from your heart. Ask God to forgive you for for allowing the enemy to accuse God to you and in your mind and in your heart. You need to repent from that. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I speak grace over your people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Now, I want you to receive the love of God. The love of God heals. The love of God restores. The love of God is the most powerful force. The love of God is... That's what God is. He is love. I want you to receive the love of God. Just say, Lord, I receive your love right now. Ask the Lord, Lord, I receive your love in my heart. I receive your love right now. Tell him, come on, talk to him. Tell him, I receive your love. Saturate my heart. Let your love fill my heart right now. No more darkness in my heart. Come on. I receive love. Fill my heart with your love. Thank you, Jesus. Let go of those memories. Let go of those traumas. Place them before the Lord and receive His love. Don't carry that load. Don't carry that weight. It's not. It's not for you. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. My yoke, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Give him the heavy load and take the easy one from him. Take the light burden from Jesus. His burden is light. Father, I pray for your people right now. Those here, those online, I pray, oh God. I pray for healing, healing. Heal the souls of your people. I ask for a deep work. A deep work. A deep work. Thank you, Jesus. Healing. I speak healing. I speak 
wholeness. Thank you, Jesus. Healing from the wounds of the past. Thank you, Father. Restore. Joy. Let joy be restored. The ability to celebrate God's love. The ability to appreciate the simple things once again. The ability to experience love again. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.